No, real quick. I bored no, dude, don't threaten me when we're talking about this stuff. I will fuck you up, Ashton. Don't say one more thing about that. No, just shut your mouth right now, Ashton. I'm warning you. That's your. This is your last warning. Don't talk about me, dude. No, seriously. Oh, hey, Chaz Smith, welcome back to The Grit. Friday the 13th, oh, it's July. A, it's the perfect day for it. You scared? And no, it's been way too long. I just am um, just happily, I have happy anticipation. What do you think? How long do you think it's been since we recorded last? It's been a month. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was Florida Surf Film Festival, which, That's right. which was when? Mid-June? Yeah. Yeah, so it's been a month. Wild. Way too long. Wild. Um, way too long. Firstly, Surfrider Foundation, we're back. Surfrider.org. It's home home for us yep thank you to Surfrider for hosting us this is our home studio um should we catch up on florida first i mean it feels like forever ago i think it's too i think it's too far ago to catch up on i mean i i I love them so much i will say the florida surf film festival is the one of the greatest events in all of surfing if anybody can get out there and attend any one of their do they do it four times a year i do believe they do it four times a year quarterly uh, so yeah maybe when the next one we should do a show before the next one is what we should do and talk about how amazing it is I think they're going to send me the films. So November is their main event. And I think they're going to send me the films in advance to view so we can discuss the films and prop that up. Maybe. Yeah. That would be worth doing. Yep. It revitalized my interest in surf film. So um, I'm actually looking forward to giving kind of a critical review of all that stuff. Are you on the jury? Yeah. Yeah. For the shorts or the longs I think, or all of it? I, I don't know, actually. Because originally it was going to be for the long stuff. But yep. then once... They um, looped me in with your attendance for trouble. I don't know if that if they bumped me into the short category or what, but um, either way, I'm psyched on surf film based on that experience, and it also revitalized my interest in small surf community that you hyped after going to New Jersey. Yep, and I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm... Then I experienced it myself in specifically new smyrna beach jack's beach is a different scene entirely even though it's not that far away but it's so much different than what we have in southern california yeah the the heartbeat of surfing is strong in those little communities dude i avoid people i know when i go to the beach i was getting a parking pass the other day in the lot and a friend pulled in and he's like slows down he's like hey dave what's up dude save me a spot where are you gonna surf and I like got my ticket, went back to my car and rushed out, hoping that we wouldn't cross paths because I just want to surf alone. Yeah, you know? I hear um, you. But it's kind of, it's embarrassing because then I went and experienced that in Florida and it was like, oh, this is awesome. Small community is awesome. Totally. We should recreate, I think, the we best should. we can. Small community, we local should. small communities here in greater Southern California. The one Florida thing that we didn't talk about, which we should have talked about with Warshaw when we recorded last was you driving him the wrong direction. That was the best part. It was the best. Yeah, it was really good. It was so good. You wrote about it on Beach Grit, but I've retold the story like five times since then. Um, I basically, my flight got rerouted. We were all flying into Orlando. I was going to arrive the latest and you guys were going to wait for me basically. And I felt bad that you were going to be waiting, but it obviously was out of my hands. But then they rerouted my flight to Tampa because of a storm and then we we're going to refuel and go back to Orlando. So I ended up arriving four hours late instead of an hour and a half later than you guys. And I was like, shoot, 
I'm going to show up at, I'm going to Uber to the restaurant, catch up with you guys later. You guys are going to be done eating. I'm going to show up last. I'm going to be like rushing to eat. Maybe the restaurant will be closed. The kitchen will be closed. I won't even get to eat. And uh, ultimately what ended up happening. It was perfect. It was, (laughs) it was divinely ordained that uh, I stuck the wrong name or I I started typing the name of the city we were supposed to be going into Google maps and you know, it auto finished it for me. And I was like, oh yeah, great. There we go. Uh, Pressed go. And there, Matt and I went uh, a good, it was well over 60 miles the wrong direction into this strange little town. And once we arrived, Matt said, this is, because Matt had been there before. Matt said, this is not, this is not right. It's like, mm, well, it's the town. And then realized the error as I looked at the name, <laughs> the name that he had actually given me and thought, oops. And so then we got to drive over an hour back and arrived just after David Lee Scales at the restaurant. We, we arrived at the restaurant five minutes from one another, which even was, though I went all the way to Tampa and back. Which was perfect, though, I felt, amazing. because then we all got, we were all on the same page. Everybody was tired of extra travel. Totally. Yep. I, it, it worked out perfectly in the end. Yeah, it was divinely ordained. But that's what happens with travel. I For that three hours in, like, not knowing purgatory, essentially, in the air, I was getting frustrated and upset, and it's like, all right, you got to just let it go. It'll all be fine in the end. And thankfully for you, yep. driving Warshaw an hour the wrong direction and back, an the, hour there and an hour back. The best part, Matt had to drive. Matt was driving the whole time, and so it was all, yeah. Was he just, pissed? I think I felt, I sensed quiet rage for uh, <laughs> much, at least the initial part um, once we turned around. Uh, but then it kind of dissipated, and then I think when we were, I think he felt like, Oh man, you know we're being very rude to our hosts. I mean, because oh, the host, yeah. the host was Kevin, who is an amazing guy, was at the restaurant waiting that whole time, right? And so I, know. I think was just posted up for hours while I, Matt I, and I were touring Greater Florida, and while you were in Tampa. I thought Kevin was going to be sloshed by the time we got there. No, he he seemed like he was he was well in control. He was, and then it turned into a late night after that. It too. did. I mean, that was only the start. It was a fun trip. It was a fantastic trip. I um, would do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Any day of the any day of the week. It was cool hanging out with you guys. I've never hang. Mm, I don't think I've really hung out. I hung out with Warshaw at Surf Ranch, yeah. so that was kind of a leisurely day. But it was cool. Yeah, road trips and chatting and stuff. It was fun. It's great. Yeah, it's a it's a great when like things like that when you're there for something specific. Like the we were there all for the same reason, but there was no other time constraint beyond that, right? And no. so it just it felt nice to have like minutes to breathe also. And then just, totally. just to have like pointless chats and stuff, not to be like, you know, okay, checking the watch onto the next thing. Cause even in your daily life, you don't allow time to no, breathe. Never, like that. never you rush from one thing to the next. That's why it felt like an honest to goodness vacation. It did just because yeah. of the, you know, the, yeah, we were there for a, a job essentially. And the job, the job was only at night more or less. And right. other than that, it was, it was yeah. Free time, which was fantastic. Man, gotta schedule more of those. No kidding. You can't schedule free time though, I don't think. You just gotta we just gotta go more to the Florida Surf Film Festival or other surf film festivals. I would love to see more surf film festivals pop up. I think there's a bunch. I get asked a lot, and for those who have asked for the Lisa film, I'm sorry. It's coming. I'm almost done. But yeah, I will respond to emails shortly. Um you were in LA. Is that what you've been working on? Uh, kind of. I oh, mean, that's okay. not why I was in LA, but yeah, it's, oh, okay. it's basically over the line. It's just like the last final, you know, clearing this song or that photo or whatever, but it's done. Um, we got a lot to catch up on. We have so much to catch up on. Crazy. I mean, I, where, where do we even begin? I feel like Instagram is where we begin. Okay. Yeah. Let's go to Instagram straight Dude, away. Viewing. So for anybody who's unaware, you're, 
reports from hell Instagram account that had 188,000 followers. 188. Got deleted. Overnight. I, did, I mean, or in the middle of the day. What was the story? I just went, uh, I went to post something. It was July 3rd, I do believe. I went to post something and I saw like a weird message pop up that said that you've been logged out of your account. And I thought, oh no, I'm hacked. And so I went to log back in and it said, this account has been disabled you know, for, I can't even remember what the message was. And I was like, oh, okay, well, this is a mistake. And, but then realized one, you're caught in Instagram purgatory where I, I think I reported it or something, but there's, there's nowhere really to go. Right. And so I reported it. I had people who deal with Instagram a lot reporting it or doing what they do. And uh, I guess initially the person I dealt with said, oh, this is, you know, this is what they do when an account is hacked. All you need to give me is a new email address and this thing you know, and it'll, it'll get taken care of. And so I gave it to her and she responded the next day and said, I, like, usually they just turn it right back on. I got a message that said the team, the proper team is, is looking into it. Uh, and she said, I, I've never seen that message from them before. And then still, still gone, still dead in the water. And you haven't had any more communication from Instagram. It's a weird thing. They sent me something today where I was supposed to send in a photo of myself holding a piece of paper with a number written on it and my full name and something else. And it seems so fishy scammy, but there's nothing that could like, there's no detail that you could get out of that photo. So I did it this morning and I'll see, I mean, the, Email address looked official, but you know, other than that, I have no idea. Yeah, I like have to no verify idea. your identity. But I've, what are they checking it against originally? I have no know? idea. That's the thing. This whole thing is a mystery, and that's what I realized is okay. Of course, I understand that Instagram and Facebook and you know Twitter, social media is not free speech, right? Like they are playgrounds that are owned by corporate interests, and if you don't follow the rules, then you get kicked out of the playground, right? The problem is for me, I have no idea what rule I broke. Like, I mean, my, That's what I'm curious my account was, you know, probably a little racy and would kick over the line from time to time. But, you know, when I posted something that was flagged by whoever people, then Instagram just rips it down, right? Like I'll get the note, your content was removed due to whatever, vi a copyright violation or it does not conform to community standards, whatever. And then it's gone. Then you motor along. So I didn't know what I did that was so egregious to get the whole thing deleted. Uh, and also once it is deleted, there's no real recourse, right? Like you're stuck in uh, this purgatory without, there's no one to talk to. There's no one to go to and say, Hey, you know, tell me, tell me why, if you kick me off, that's fine. But tell me what I did that was so egregious that it, the whole thing got deleted. Um, and so it, it made me, frustrated about uh not about social media because that's just you know i mean how can you be frustrated at this at this giant thing but it but it did seem like i don't know it's it's all it's it's just bad because it has become i mean it's all so big now where it is it is a free speech issue i think right where i mean the whole world of instagram and twitter and facebook billions upon billions of users um and with the control just seemingly arbitrary with no, you know, control over it, seemingly arbitrary with no, you know, nobody to go to at the end and say, well, what happened? What did I do? And I won't do it again if it was, you know, that egregious. So again, I have no idea. I think one issue is, um, they do have clearly defined rules. There's probably a lot of gray area, but you clearly broke a number of the rules over time, but their policy for handling it is essentially a slap on the wrist and then go ahead and keep doing it. And so you, it builds in this understanding in the user that you know, I'll post it and they'll 
take it down, and that's fine. And then I'll continue moving on with my account. Well, that's and you never quite know where the line is. I mean, the line well, the, penis pong, uh, sure, is a line. Sure, that would be a line. But there's a but. Uh, I hadn't posted that in a long time. I sent you that originally. Did I don't you? know if you remember. I don't remember. Yeah. That is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Thank you for that. Because that then become... we had an exchange after I sent it to you. You're like, this is amazing. I'm going to post it. And you're like, watch. Let's count how many followers I lose. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, but you'll net gain more. And you're like, no, no, no. Yeah. I will lose 400 followers and I'll gain 100 new ones or Pe- whatever. People people would get really mad at that stuff. But And then we, had a, we set a clock to see how long until Instagram took it down. And it was like... 13 minutes. Exactly. It's real. It's pretty quick. And you know, whatever, like that's the, I mean, I get it. I get that. I'm, I don't think I'm a saint on Instagram. I know that I've done, you know, I've crossed the line many times, but I think half the counts on accounts on there are crossing the line all the time. Right. Like, or, or, and that's the thing, like arbitrarily enforce rules. Like, okay, if my account gets kicked off, then you better kick off the hundred million of accounts just like mine, which are just posting the same stuff that I'm posting. Right. Like, so the arbitrary nature was frustrating. The fact that there's just nothing to do about it was frustrating. And I wouldn't have cared at all if it wasn't, if it was just a personal account kind of thing. But, you know, we we drive a lot uh, to Beach Grit through the account. I mean, Instagram is a great tool to drive traffic places. So letting people know about what's happening on Beach Grit and also with my book that, that had just been released, like it seemed like a real gut punch because Instagram is a great promotional tool. And to take that entirely away uh, with no reason just felt like, it felt cruel. There is a reason. You just don't know the reason. Yeah, I'm sure there is a reason. But that's the thing. Is Initially, I thought, okay, I was making a lot of fun of the World Surf League Facebook rollout, and Facebook owns Instagram. And so I thought somebody tattled from the world, the WSL, and said, this, this is a problem account, uh, and we need it removed. Um, but now I wonder, at this point, I'm wondering if... Uh, promoting the book Cocaine Plus Surfing, if I had had the word cocaine in there so many times that it just flags some weird thing and it goes, okay, this is a drug dealer account or something. That's what I thought it was um, specifically was that. I thought it was like they viewed you as promoting cocaine usage. Yeah, but which is still silly. I mean, uh, it's, it's the title of a book, right? Where And, and if they're going to be mad about, if they're going to say that I'm promoting cocaine usage, then wouldn't like a uh, they should send me a message that says hey no more you know you cannot use the word cocaine i mean it's just it it just becomes so fluid and weird it right? does but that is the only defining characteristic that's different than all those other instagram accounts that you're talking about that they haven't yet deleted it's true but it's the name it's also the name of my book is cocaine plus surfing it's not like it's you know, I mean, and it's the subject of my book. I don't know how you would yeah, promote but anybody. No, I mean, this isn't to diminish your effort, but like anybody could write a book. I don't know that. I don't know what the process is for getting it on Amazon, but it's like anybody could write a book and then have it published on Amazon. That doesn't mean that Instagram then needs to co-sign the promotion of that book. I mean, it's pretty silly. I mean, the fact that it's not a self-published book, right? I mean, and it, yeah. it, I mean, there's a lot of, they could have scratched the surface for two seconds and seen, you know, it would not have been a deep dive to figure out, okay, it's not a promotion of cocaine usage. It's a promotion of the book. So maybe it is just in purgatory temporarily and they're scratching the surface. Could be. We'll see. Do you, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to actually read the book from Instagram, like buy the book, read it to make sure that you're, you know, but I do a lot of your posts didn't even reference the book. I think that might be the issue too, is all of your posts subsequently, after you kind of let people know the book was available, were just indicating cocaine usage. Could have, could be, could be. That could be the big, the big, yeah, the big kick right there. But we'll yeah. see. I, like, so th- I didn't know what to do. Thankfully, now I've had a few people reach out to me 
uh, who said, okay, I have a friend at Instagram or whatever, and I'll, oh, okay. I'll get something moving. So, but if any listeners out there have any insight or way to deal with Instagram, I, I welcome it all. Well, the more interesting thing to me is just your new account. Oh, do you like it's it? It's freaking... <laughs> Um, yes, I like it, but also I'll be honest. I was a little concerned that, that I had gone off the rails. Totally. That I, I, I delved into madness. Yeah. I envisioned you laying like in a lazy boy recliner with a meatball stain on your shirt and like bottles strewn about in like the dark, just typing frantically into the account. And like, it was basically a cry for help to the public. And I've gotten a number of emails and dms from people going hey what's up with chat that is awesome that makes me really really happy yeah it was concerning yeah that's good so i really concerned people with my with my slip people thought yeah. i mentally slipped yeah are w- report back like are you okay are you on meds are you like yeah no going? i'm yeah but maybe maybe i'm not okay maybe like i am i am slipping a little bit into into yeah into just a, a massive cri- life crisis are you are you feeling it a little bit why um, I think any time for me that I finish a project, uh, and I finish two basically at the same time, right? So I had the book come out and the film came out the same week. I mean, book was released, Cocaine and Surfing was released on June 12th. Uh, we, the film premiered at the Florida Surf Film Festival on, I think it was June 15th. Um, you know, and so then you have this kind of this swell of, you know, this is okay, this is what I've been working on. And then maybe it's just this inevitable crash of what am I not what am I going to do now? Because I know what I'm going to do now. But somehow this, I don't know, just this overwhelming feeling of failure. Uh, and I don't know why or where, but it just, and I don't remember it necessarily this poignantly after Welcome to Paradise. But it's just this feeling of you, you're a, you're a, a horrible failure. And that's it. And then you know, I, losing the Instagram account wasn't, uh, I mean, it didn't, it didn't, I guess it threw kind of gas on that fire already. Right. Where like, okay, now like, so, okay. With welcome to paradise came out, uh, and it was with Harper Collins, you know, major New York publisher. Um, it had okay pl- publicity, but that's the one thing I felt. Okay. I've, I like, this is the bummer, right? You write this book, uh, or, or, or you make something, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be a book. If you're an artist or writer or filmmaker, whatever, you, you make this thing, you put it out to the world. Uh, the world is so crowded with stuff now, creative stuff especially, I think, where how is your thing ever going to get seen? Um, and I thought after Welcome to Paradise, okay, I felt really like I have no control over where this is going. At least if I, you know, start a so some kind of social media thing and build build the account then i'll have some uh at least i'll have a platform to be able to you know a loudspeaker to say okay here's this thing right here's this thing that i did um and so losing so that i had spent four years basically building reports from hell as silly and stupid as it was right and like it's not like it's hard work that i'm out there sweating in the field it's all really easy but it but it was this consistent thing that i had built purely to hedge against what if what if I write this thing and nobody pays attention, right? And to take some control back of I'll be I'll at least be my own messenger for this damn thing, right? Uh, and so then to lose that on top of already feeling kind of the the crash of failure was just like oh now I'm like not only do I have nothing uh, I'm totally neutered like there's no even way to say anything. So it felt like just a real they had to throw the hands up and like fuck all of this. Um, or not fuck it in a bad way, but just like oof. 
I guess I understand the kind of adrenaline dump after finishing a project and then feeling kind of like let down or wayward a little bit. I don't understand the part about feeling like a failure after the project is ostensibly a success. Yeah, but I mean, I guess just what is what is success, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a good question, but it just and of course, like the success was never going to be instant. It's not like you write a book and then it sells a million copies in the first day, or or your film wins the Academy Award. And so, I don't know. Like, I should have probably a longer view on stuff and and not feel like a failure. But that was just that's what I felt is just overwhelming failure. Um. Is the failure or is the success measured by number of sales? I think so. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, you're disappointed with number of sales? No, because I have no idea what the sales are. Like I have no even vision. You know, the, I think the sales numbers, I mean, my publisher may have uh, initial numbers, um, but I won't see anything for six months or 12 months, right? Hmm. That's when I'll get my first kind of sales numbers. And like, yeah, I don't know. And I guess I I measure success by both numbers, mostly numbers, but also uh, reviews. And like Warshaw's introduction to the book and Daniel Dwayne's review in Outside, that was pretty much all I needed. Like I felt those two, who I both respect, understood what I was saying. And if anybody, like Daniel Dwayne is a writer, people should devour all his stuff. He's, he's an incredible author, uh, written some amazing books. Caught Inside is his surf book, which I think is one of the better surf books ever written. Um, it's very subtle, but just geniusly, uh, geniusly crafted. Um, and so, yeah, like I felt good about, okay, look at these guys understand the book, uh, which is kind of all I needed on that end. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, why, why I, I, I never feel, uh, like a tortured artist and don't like the idea that you have to be tortured to be an artist. But maybe it's, maybe it's, it is true. Maybe there's like giving birth to something or all, all the cliches that, that I could use. There is some kind of existential like hammer that falls on you afterwards. I, I agree about Warshaw's introduction. I thought it was the best part of the book. Yeah. I'm just kidding. It, it, it really was. <laughs> um, the success being measured by feedback on the book is an interesting point. Does that, knowing what that feels like and anticipating the feedback, uh, does that make you feel differently about slinging mud at people like the inertia or staff? Oh, no. I, I fully expected this book just to get, I fully expected cocaine and surfing just to get hammered. I thought it was going to get dumped on so heavily and deeply and massively. And that doesn't, like, criticism is not something that, uh, that doesn't affect me at all. I don't care about the criticism, to be honest. I mean, I really struggled to write the book. Uh, I know that I did as good a job that I as I could. Um, and at that point, the criticism, you know, whatever, like even, you know, Rory's caddy, uh, yeah. caddy critique on Goodreads or wherever it was, um, it's all fine and good. Like that's the only the only thing I would say to Rory is it's 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 unfair or you know artificial not to have a disclaimer on there of you know i have personal beef with jazz smith and then go into it like whatever but that's rory's opinion of the book that's fine i don't care like that's how he read it and you know he's probably valid in a lot of his criticisms about it so well you're anticipating that that's fine but does it make you feel differently about when you're writing something let's say about zach at the inertia does it make you um reconsider how he'll feel when he reads it hell no yeah, hell no. Like we should all be, we should all be uh, big enough where people should have fun. Big enough. Zach's not big enough, but we should all be tall enough uh, where <laughs> we should all be able to have fun at each other's expense, right? And and 
I know that I'll get vicious sometimes, uh, but very rarely do I get vicious. And I don't think I've ever probably been vicious with, with against Zach, right? Like it's all, it's all. I don't feel vicious, but like um, making fun of his stature, I think would, it's, of course it's funny. But yeah, he's but really like lumped, three feet tall. But that would get lumped into a personal attack versus just like a criticism on the inertia and what they're doing, you know? Sure, sure. Um, so if you're saying though, that that results in you feeling bad, I'm just but I'm not, I'm saying it doesn't. I don't like the, oh. the criticism of the book, like, uh, what, like maybe I misspoke the criticism. I mean, the Daniel Dwayne and Warshaw's Warshaw's introduction and Daniel Dwayne's review and outside both surprised me because they, I felt like, okay, these guys understood the book I was, I was trying to write, which is the book I was trying to write is buried or the book that I actually wrote is kind of buried in this subtext of cocaine and surfing, right? Which is not the actual, which Daniel Duane talks about it, I think, in his review, which that's not what the book is about, right? right. The, the book is this other thing. Um, and it made me feel, okay, he, uh, it made me feel really happy that he understood it. But if he would have said, this is a giant piece of shit, like it's just a narcissistic, narcissistic you know, wander through Orange County and which leaves you nothing and nowhere. I would have said, yeah, that's like, that's true too. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't have affected me. It would, I would have just thought, oop. Yeah, that's, you got me. What I found, I get criticized about the podcast or I'll get feedback and whatever. Most of it's pretty measured actually. And um, what I found is like, obviously you have to have a thick skin whenever you're doing anything public. And initially you'll cringe and feel crappy about it. But there's almost always a morsel of something that you can learn from. Even in the most scathing kind of sensational attacks there's like an element in there where I go, oh, shoot, you're right. I do this one thing a little too much. And I've always known it internally. And I'm not going to, if I were just to get offended by this and just write it off and throw it in the trash, I'll never learn from it. So there's always an element of something that I can take from that. But I'll tell you what, you got to have thick skin, dude. Sure. But but people for, are terrible. But for me, I've always thought and considered my own stuff very much included in this uh I guess in this genre, uh, that criticism is comedy in so many ways, right? And we're all in the entertainment business here. And so if I criticize some Zach's Weisberg, say whatever, and uh, if somebody then criticizes me, this is all just, it's all funny, yeah. right? Like all these negative and not just purely negative, but it's just fun. We're all having fun, which is my frustration with why, you know, and now I've given up on this frustration, but why I was so frustrated, why when I would, you know, toss barbs over at the inertia or stab or whatever, nobody would ever respond because I was thinking, well, why are we stopping the fun? You know, it's not about, it's not this war of attrition where I'm going to, I'm going to grind you down. I'm, it may seem that way, but I'm really, that's, I guess that's the way I play. And so when other people play back to me that way, like if somebody would get on and just criticize me up one side and down the other, which has happened a thousand times in my, you know, hundreds of thousands of times, probably since I've been writing, like, I love it. And I don't love it because I'm a, uh, you know, I'm self-flagellating. It's just fun. That's part of the fun conversation. And it's fun yeah. to go fun to go back to that guy and, you know, like not hammer back necessarily, but like get in a dance. And that's, I think Beach Grit does that really well. I, I love Derek. I think Riley is really good at it where people will, will hammer something and he'll come and just like flip it so quickly, which is, yeah, I mean, it, it's fun, I think. I think it is too. And I'm actually, I'm surprised that the surf industry overlooks that detail. If you're, I guess your best buddies in high school, you never compliment. No. You only talk crap with and make fun of each other. And so 
we'll come into it sometimes with that or you'll come into it with that. And I do, even when I talk about you with Scott on Spit or when I talk about Scott with other people, I definitely make fun of you guys sure. and, and call out your shortcomings. But it's because I do it with that understanding of like, well, we're all buddies and it only ever elevates that person's brand. I think so too. I mean, you know, and so when you you were saying like the WSL might have pulled some strings at Instagram because you're constantly making fun of them. Somebody else, I think it was actually Scott mentioned that to me that he was concerned that had what that's what had happened. And I'm like, "No, the WSL is smarter than that. The WSL knows every time you say uh, F the WSL because of this or that, somebody goes on to worldsurfleague.com and looks up what you were talking about. Sure. And they should know that their job is to capture all that traffic. Well, and, and I mean, and that's the thing too. And again, I understand that my personal brand, that all comes across probably, I bet they don't feel that at the WSL office. I bet they're, they open my stuff up every time it comes up and be like, oh, why does he keep doing this? Like, I think they really scratch their heads about it and just think it's, it's vicious and mean. Um, but again, that's just the way I play, and I'm, I have so much fun, and I'm so happy that WSL is there as, as this kind of incompetent, you know, larger thing, but that's also that we all get to participate in, right? I mean, we get to watch the contests and pop off, you know, about them and whatever, and it's, and it's fun, and I hope they, I don't think they think it's fun, but I would like, I would like maybe for them someday too. I, if they thought I'd it was fun, shocked. if, like, they, if we, they thought it was fun, they would invite me in, they would invite me in. That's the whole thing. Like they would invite me to come on because that would, that would be, mm. it would be not that I bring huge ratings, but it would be genuinely, people would tune in to see, yeah. you know, just like Trump and Theresa May or whatever, right? Like what's this guy going to say? He pops off all the time. Now, now he's standing next to them. Is he going to, is he going to keep shoveling? And I think if the WSL understood, okay, maybe I'm too toxic for them, but they would have some critic they've never once had a critic right ever on the wsl right i mean they'd have stinking warshaw on there right yeah i i guess i just i'm shocked that um people can't put their own personal feelings aside like these are in, these are entities your brand is an entity wsl is an entity and you got to put the entity first if your personal feelings get hurt because of something somebody said about the entity you're kind of overlooking the bigger picture here. Which is, again, was my, and not anymore because I've given up, but was my criticism, especially at the inertia and stab, where I'm thinking, come on, you, this is, nobody is the inertia and nobody's stab. So let's, you know, let's have these entities do something that's, that's, and I guess, again, it's just fun for me. It's not fun for everybody else. But in my mind, let's do something entertaining, right? We're all trying to entertain. The more we can interact that's, the more enter- the more entertaining it is, and if we're gonna wall off, okay, we're not going to talk about like stinking, you know, the inertia and stab will not touch ever uh, cocaine and surfing the book, you know, not that I care at all, um, and I guess saying not that I care at all makes it sound like I care, but all to say that what if I had written the greatest surf book in the entire world? Not that this one is, they still won't touch it because they're mad at me personally. Which is, it's silly to me that stuff will happen in surf, which I'm happy all day long to talk about Stab in the Dark, you know, both to promote it and to make fun of it and to say what's good about it. Or if the inertia was ever going to do anything good to talk about that, right? Like, why can't, yeah. why can't I talk about something from them? Uh, because it's them, right? It's, uh, there's no personal animosity. It's just, I, I don't, which, which I've never understood. And, and to pretend that other things don't exist because you have your, your feelings are personally hurt by it. It just seems like a, not only an immature way to deal with things, but like a profoundly non-entertaining way to deal with things. Yeah. 
When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I also believe that if you're doing good work, people will continue watching regardless of what the media surrounding that good work says, even if they vilify it completely or say that you're racist or homophobic or whatever they're going to say. If the work that you're doing adds value to people's lives, they will continue to support it. What ends up happening is the person doing the good work gets their feelings so hurt by all those other things that they stop working and they go into hiding or whatever and they never write again or they never make a film again. And so I always feel like we can continue to banter on the exterior, but I'm still going to show up next week and put out a podcast whether you like it or not or because there's this core group of people who want it and they like it and they support it. So it's fun to come over here and sling mud and chat and whatever, but I'm still going to do this which you know which to me is a is a beautiful segue into the world surf league's facebook rollout right yeah where okay so for those i mean everybody would have would have heard or realized right that it was that it was uh seen as an utter disaster more or less would you say would you would yes. you yeah the rollout itself was an utter disaster it was glitchy uh it went about as bad as it could have gone. I think. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it going much worse. And WSL, to its credit, released a statement about, okay, here's what, you know, but their statement was so, I felt, defensive, um, where if they just would admit it, ooh, we totally blew it. I guess, how do you admit you totally blew something? But the part that I thought was interesting was the concurrent viewer thing. Uh, so that there's a number on Facebook where it's in the corner where you could watch, theoretically, the people who are watching the event you know, live at that at that moment. Which for the for the women's, it was like from the hundreds to the to the thousands. Uh, for the men, it was like mid thousands to. Did it ever get above ten thousand? Yeah, I saw a screenshot that was like seventeen thousand. Okay, so but that would have probably been the ceiling, right? Yeah, somewhere up in there. Uh, the WSL then released a statement that said the concurrent viewing numbers are not. It's that's for the people in your region, right? Um, because they sell ads regionally. Precisely, which is all fine and good, except I don't think that's true. Because, I don't think it's true either. Yeah, because uh, we on Beach Cut today, you can go look at Revelation, I do believe the title is, and I should have made it revealed. I, I wrecked the brand. But Revelation, pro surfing is huge in India because I had uh, we at Beach Grit uh, through VPNs around the world and the number is the same everywhere. And um, also 75% of the likes and comments for the for the J-Bay Girls one we're coming, we're coming from either India or Pakistan. So 
So is that a, is that a suggestion that those are bots? I don't know. I don't. I have no idea. Uh, like I don't assume anything in the story. Um, and maybe maybe there's just a lot of subcontinental surf fans. I have no idea. Explain what that means through VPNs around the world. I mean, you can you can uh, move. You know, your w- virtual. What does VPN even stand for? Virtual. I something i mean you can so you can change where the internet thinks you're viewing um something so you could you know your computer i think generally will go on to where you're at so it'll know you're in san clemente or you're accessing accessing the internet through san clemente but if you don't want it to know that you can make it look like you're accessing the internet in australia or in japan or in whatever which is how you know people will get around like a certain movie is not available to right. to stream in Japan. And so you throw your VPN over to Europe and then you can stream the movie. And, you know, it, like, yeah, it's just, it's just Vir- a tool. Virtual private network. That's what it is. Virtual private network. And so so nobody, yeah. So you guys at BeachGrit threw it around and found that the number was the same everywhere that you accessed the feed I, from. I do believe, and this was for the women's contest because I think our smart guy had the idea you know, late, but I think, yeah. And I I need to check in with him. He just sent me a brief email, but I need to make sure, but that's what it, that's what it sounded like Mm. was that the number didn't change. I, the other conversation that I've had with people around the world is what ads are you seeing? Yep. And it seems that we're all seeing the same ads. That's, that's the thing. And and we also did that on Beach Grid too, of course, where you just call your friends and watching it or email and watching it in Europe and watching in yeah. Brazil and watching, and you can ask them what the number is too. And it, it seemed all the same. I guess I, um, didn't believe, well, I, I think that, uh, that's not, I'm shocked to hear that the number at the most would be 17,000. I'm sure. So I don't believe that it's hundreds of different feeds. I think, but it's also not one. No, I I think that there might be when it says regional, I'm wondering if the region is the country could be the United States is one feed could be. But that's the thing is I would like for instead of the world surf league, uh, releasing a statement that's, that's at best, um, incomplete it would have been nice for them like why why is everybody so afraid of how many people watch surfing that's my big question is why why not just i mean i get it you have a whole business built on it but what if the i mean can't you shift your business to not be a purely numbers-based business and say okay this is a quality you know what we bring is a quality consumer or whatever like they're you know upper income whatever, whatever, whatever the target is, I'm sure surfer, people who watch pro surfing are probably a good demographic for something, for cars or whatever, right? Wouldn't you guess? Yeah. And so why not just say, hey, it's, who cares? These are our numbers. We're, we're seeking to grow these through this, this, and this, and this, and you know, whatever. And yeah, I have no idea. I just, the 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 real, um, I feel the kind of condescending smoke and mirrors is just unnecessary. Like either don't address it at all or like really address it. Like how many people, uh, how hard is it, you know, and from Paul Speaker, I watched it just again the other day when he went on to, you know, Fox New Business uh, and talked about how Kelly Slater makes well north of $20 million a year and will for many years to come. And, you know, just was like clearly shooting off from like with no basis in anything, but also that football, you know, he, he said he didn't say it, but then said he fully believes in the concept that, pro surfing will be bigger than the NFL someday, which, you know, this seems fairly ludicrous. Yeah. I guess you always want to dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And so it's totally understandable to, uh, prop yourself up and to act and to 
bolster the numbers a little bit. And I think the UFC, I don't know if that's bigger than the NFL now, but they've really executed a bunch of these goals that fan, that surfing, uh, surfing fantasizes about. So it's okay to head those directions and you never want to reveal really what the numbers are. You always want to prop them up. So I get all of that. I get it too. But, to, but we're able to verify too much of the information. That's now. the problem. It's on Facebook, the little eyeball icon with a number, even if it's just a regional number. And even if somehow the VPN thing didn't work or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I, like I am no computer expert, so I don't know. But it seems to stick your head in the sand when it's blinking there in everybody's faces all day long. Like, can't you get Facebook to remove that if you don't like it? Yes, or that would be key. Yeah. Or, or something else. Right. But there, there's some reason that Facebook wants it on there. Like if Facebook is, is trying to pretend that, you know, this is for open, honest visibility on something, then, you know, I mean, I, again, I just don't, it, it seems like a real, glaring i mean the whole rollout was so silly but that to me was the component and then trying to deny it just seemed like this real fake news cycle kind of thing right where we're seeing something we're seeing a number a hard number and then you're going to tell me that hard number is not real but then i can go dig you know two steps of either calling somebody in another country or you know placing a vpn somewhere and you know i can at least, even if my information is wrong, I can still. It just seemed too easy to, to to shoot down, or yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it seems strange. I would like. We just need to know how they define a region. Yeah, that's what I would like to sure. know. I don't even need to know like the total numbers. No, I, I would love to, but I don't expect them to ever share that. Sure, information. no, of course not. I wouldn't tell people how many downloads the podcast gets. You wouldn't tell them how many web. Site clicks oh, I you will. guys get. You want to know how many websites sure. clicks? I mean, it depends on the day, but we'll go between... Average article. Oh, average article probably gets... I don't know. I'll say over the time of the article, probably like twelve to 13,000 clicks per article. And then the you know the big, like the McFanning Shark will like shoot way up probably into the millions. And then, you know, yeah, but the average probably... I'm going to have to go look and see. But How does that compare with Stab... And the inertia. Oh, we're, we're significantly smaller, I think. But that's what I would argue is that uh, I think we're catching up to stab, to be honest. Um, but I would just say I would never sell Beach Grits numbers. I mean, I think we have fine numbers, uh, but I think we have better people. That's what I think is that the individual who goes to Beach Grit, I'm not about aggregating huge numbers. I know Beach Grit is niche, right? We speak to a certain target and that's the target I love. Like that's what we're going for is that I feel the guy who or girl who loves surfing and is somewhat marginalized by everything else out there, right? By the by the condescending spoon fedness of not only the WSL, but of stab and the inertia. Like of this of just this spooning of crap all the time. Where yeah, I don't know. I if people if if you're going for big numbers, I guess that's what you're gonna be doing. You're gonna be you're gonna be trying to hit these big tent pole you know, things, which that's the inertia. That's its bread and butter. The inertia is only, okay, what can we get clicks on? Right? Like, okay. Tiva sandal surfing is like, we have a video of Tiva sandal surfing. We can guarantee 10,000 clicks. We're going to run it through our, you know, whoever's Facebook account and boom. Um, and just aggregating a bunch of that shit, which that's, I don't, who wants, I don't want that. I don't want to do that. Well, so the WSL is going to have to, um, identify who they are in the space and what their real numbers are, because if they're not, millions of clicks enough to justify selling ad space and getting all this viewership there is a very very real potential to have you know 10,000 20,000 50,000 true hardcore fans 
And then the business model there is just selling a yearly subscription fee when for 60 bucks a year. And, and you're exactly, and that's the thing that really, I guess, and I understand it, but n- numbers became the only measuring stick for anything, right? With the internet, all of a sudden it was numbers, clicks, numbers, 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 numbers. Where, why, why, since when is 20,000 such a, such a horrible community of, you know, like, and sure you can grow it. Like, I'm not saying that just cap, cap your damn number, but why do we all have to be, why does the entire world have to be, you know, measured by hundreds of millions? I think that's the right goal for the World Surf League. Like they should try to be the UFC. But realistically, if people aren't interested in watching it, then you need to adjust your business plan. And I think this Facebook rollout was really the ultimate test of can we garner the mass market? Can we get a critical mass of people who aren't going to spend their weekends in the ocean, but they're going to watch this all the time? And if the answer is ultimately no, then they're going to need to make that pivot to a pay-per-view model, yeah. which I think is a fine pivot. And there's many, many, many examples of like a thousand core fans who give you X number of dollars and then you make X number at the end of the year, you know, or whatever. So I think that that's an okay adjustment to make. Ultimately, I don't think this was the WSL's fault. I think the Facebook failed the WSL horribly with this rollout. Sure. I think that... The WSL promised us a better viewing experience, all these various things with this transition, and I'm fine with it. I have no moral opposition to Facebook. I use Facebook. I don't hate Zuckerberg. I, what? It's fine. Unfortunately, Facebook didn't deliver what the WSL told us they were going to deliver, and I have a feeling that's where the issue is. I mean, I, I guess I wonder who, like, who was in control of the button pushing at the end. Like, was it a WSL feed? Like, was it the WSL, you know, where did it, where did it break down? Like- I'd, I'd say on Facebook Live's platform, because WSL has clearly proven that they can give you a, sure. a streaming feed that doesn't buffer. Yeah. So then they switch platforms and it buffers. That's got to be the WSL's platform or the Facebook's Live's platform. I wonder how mad Facebook was about it, because uh, this is obviously a, a real or an area that Facebook's really trying to go into is live sports. And it feels like... Um, they have they had another one before the WSL, but it feels like the WSL. This is really beta testing, right? To yeah. bring to show that they they can do it, and then to bring bigger leagues on. I think they just tried to do a deal with baseball or something. They they have like one offs, but I think they want to, you know, you go to Facebook for your viewing experience of whatever sport you like. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, I mean, not all of them, but like to to bring this into the into the fold. And I think the WSL one was so universally bad that I wonder or do they is that why they picked the WSL because it can be universally bad and 20,000 surfers around the world will chirp about it but it won't get it outside of that right like there'll be no negative implication for Facebook outside of the 30 20 whatever it is thousand core surf fans who actually tried to watch it I have a theory that nobody actually cares at the WSL no that us viewers everybody who talked crap about this rollout and like said they're never going to watch again we don't care. And next week, if they give us a new feed of something that's interesting to watch, we'll watch that. The, Nobody's going to retaliate. I think the problem of the core core, but I think the problem is, is the guy who, if you make it easy for him and, oh, you know, he'd watch it, at, you know, while he was in between this and that or whatever. I think you lose that guy. With I the, think he'll still watch next week. I don't think so. I think you, 
I, you think he's going to take a moral stance and be like, you screwed me once. I'm never coming not back. Not a moral stance. I think that I think the Corsair fan will watch no matter where it is. We'll watch no matter what it is and we'll pay to watch it. I think what the WSL to grow those numbers to where they want to be, they have to get the casual fan and the casual fan. Why is he going to sit there and watch a buffering stream? Uh, and I think the, I'm sure there was a lot of people who tried for the first time. Oh, Facebook is doing pro surfing. Cool. They got on. This sucks, and we'll never go back again because it sucked, right? And they're because they're casual fans. Like, but you're you're right. You say a lot of people, but not the vast. Like, there's still tons of untapped people who didn't have that experience who will give it a shot next time they roll it out. Sure, totally. But I think that uh, how many times can you roll something out on the same platform and have it? I mean, more than once for I mean, sure. Maybe not twenty, but but I, but I think that this this is their grand debut being an utter failure. Let's just be honest and frank. Was was a disaster for for the WSL. Failed by Facebook. Now here's my question: If what the WSL did was they pulled their chips off the table, they basically said we're going all in on Facebook, exclusive viewing rights. Face first of all, let's back up. Facebook said we're going to give you 15 million a year for the next two years. Then they delayed the project six months. Yeah. So it was late. So that 15 mil probably isn't 15 mil for the first year because it's late. Then rolled it out poorly. So Facebook goes, you guys screwed us on this. We didn't deliver our promise to our customer. So now we're taking back exclusivity. The heat analyzer is now available. And initially it was desktop desktop streaming. Then after day two or three of the men's event, they were like, oh no, we're now going to make it available on our app again, in addition to Facebook Live. So I'm wondering if Facebook is now going, hey, this isn't what we, I know we failed you, but you said that you were going to give us exclusivity and now you're taking it back. I, now the deal is completely in tatters. How do you recover the deal at this I point? I mean, I, I just think that the that the rollout or back to the app and to WSL, desktop, whatever, worldsurfleague.com, that's gone at the next contest. Like, they, they, Well, they already made a statement about that. They said it's going to be available at, I forget what the next event, maybe Tahiti. Tahiti. Yep. I think they said it's going to be our traditional methods are available at Tahiti, and then, and then, then the next one is back all on Facebook. We're going to give it another go. Well, I think that's what they said. Exactly. So I think, and that to me makes sense, right? Where, and I'm sure there's all kinds of infighting between or bickering between Facebook and WSL, who did what, when, and why, and blah, 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 blah. But to me, this rollout, okay, that was, you know, they rolled it out at J Bay. It did horribly, but it did, but. To me, they're still setting up for Surf Ranch, right? And so Surf Ranch is in, is in September. And so they had, they probably, they were hoping, okay, if it goes well at J-Bay, then great. We can build the, build the audience through Tahiti and then boom, our crown jewel Surf Ranch, right? I mean, this is, that's what the WSL is now. Let's, everybody I think yeah. is recognize that that's the revenue model. That's the, that's where they want surfing. That's the entire thing. That's what you can control. You can make it three days. You can sell tickets. Could you uh, believe how expensive the tickets were speaking of? Had that come out before and I missed it? Yeah. Um, the 99 bucks for a one day non-VIP seems absolutely ludicrous to go to Lemoore, California. Lemoore, California, people, if you've not been to Lemoore, California, do not go to Lemoore, California. It is a full-on butthole. Uh, so to drive to Lemoore, California and pay $99 to watch pro surfing, not in a VIP tent. If the $99 is the VIP, all you can drink, whatever price for three days, then I would have said, great, that's fine. $99 for one day, nothing, nothing else. That's it's whatever shocking. The mar- it's whatever the market will bear. And I 
there's a limited amount of space there, and I guarantee they can fill it with $99. As speaking as, as the man of the people, fuck the World Surf League for doing that. Like for, because, and it's, uh, I think 10 and under is the kid price, right? Where it's like a 15 bucks or whatever. It's like reasonable for that. But screw them, screw them. Like the, the excited dad in, like my stinking brother-in-law, Tom, took Owen, my nephew, to, uh, or his son, to the Founders Cup, right? How much was that? It was like, I don't remember. It was something like reasonable if I, because he wouldn't have gone if it was $99. And that's the thing now, like, so you have these dads in these, you know, neighboring maybe surf towns or just who are, you know, in Fresno or whatever, who, Hey, let's go check it out. The family ticket of like $500 to take wife and three kids to a surf contest for $500 to stand in the hot sun in Lamore, California is, is not only egregious. I think the, the world surf league really, really, really screwed, uh, yeah, they just screwed themselves. They were greedy and dumb. I disagree. I think it is a business. They have this massive investment, and the world wants to see it. And they go, "What will the market bear?" Okay, that's the price. Yeah, fuck them. They took it. It's they, Disneyland, but I mean, you—it's not. It's a piece of shit. It's a piece of shit. But they're looking at it the same way that Disney looks at making money. You taking it personally and going, you know, it is surfing, and surfing is for the people, and they should like do it for the people. That's the wrong approach. They're a business who built this technology, and they're selling. Sure. Well, but, and that and that's why I'm going to be there. I'm going to be the last man standing here. Trust me on this one. I will take Where? I will take the World Surf League down on this right here. The people, the people will prevail. I think the people will just go to the beach. The hell, uh, yeah. I you mean, know, I, and I'm not I, like. By the way, I'll be at the beach. I'm not going to Lamore, so I'm not advocating for what they're doing. I'm just acknowledging they've made crystal clear what their intentions the, are and their business decision. It the ninety nine dollars is what it is. Sure, the ninety nine dollar ticket price one day ninety nine dollars seems like an utter slap in the face to surfers to to the people. Yeah, to not you or me or the surf industry or whatever, to like the surfer, the surf dad and surf kid who would have loved to gone and done it. And they don't have $200 because the, they live, you know, in Fresno and because the damn thing is in Lemoore. I mean, if it was like some, you know, awesome facility, I mean, the facility is great. Like nothing against the facility. It's fine. It is not $99 fine for a, like, I mean, fuck them. Like every parent, no parent. Every single surf parent should boycott that piece of shit and take their kid somewhere fun for that for that weekend. Yeah, I guess I just already... I, the reason why I don't feel like it's a slap in the face, I was already aware of what the intention and the objective was. Sure, it's to make a shit ton of money. Yeah. And great, but make a shit ton of money selling those damn parks places or whatever, right? Like, save the kid and the dad. How much? Do you have any idea how much a UFC ticket is? No, I'm sure, watch a live event. I'm sure it's a ton, but it's a it's a whole different thing. I think. I mean, uh, like UFC has and boxing for that matter has always been a high ticket price. It wasn't this thing that you could do, go do for free, and that's what they'll argue. I guess we'll go watch the Pismo Pro or whatever if you want to watch serving for yeah. free. But like the U.S. Open, sure, go watch the U.S. US Open, Open. Go watch. Deal with parking. Deal sure. with all that. Great, but they still don't need to make it a ninety nine dollar ticket price. Yeah, fuck them. Um. What about, well, not to, I'm sure you saw the air show announcement. I did. Uh, any thoughts on that? I liked Derek's take on it. Was I thought so, it was hilarious. Yeah, it, was, it was the best take, and I can't, I can't even think of a better take the, than that. The title that Derek came up with was WSL Resurrects Quarter Century Old Format in Name of Progression. Exactly. <laughs> so good. And that's all that needs to be said. That's exactly what it is. And and who whoever said in there that... Uh, was it Warshaw who said Philippe Toledo the, the tour is now his air show right like you have these yeah. surfers throwing down 
in contests? What are they going to do at an air show? I, I never really liked the air show format anyway, because I think when you take one part of surfing, just like I, I also don't necessarily like barrel riding contests, like when, when that's all it is, right? Like it's just, okay, we're all we're looking for is barrels and that's all for the entire contest. It's fine. I like that better than air shows, but it still seems like surfing is all these things, right? Surfing is is what you do on a wave. And if the wave throws up an awesome air section and you do some awesome air, that's great. But if you if it doesn't and you do this or that or the other thing, you know, it's 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 this dance with the wave is great surfing, I think, right? And so when you make it this one thing, then it's it's fine. But yeah, I think Derek hit the nail on the head. What are you going to get out of that? It seems so weird. For me, it highlighted a kind of more interesting topic, which is, okay, Derek, you're right. If that was progression 25 years ago, what is progression today? Like when we view surfing, when I think about progression today, I don't think about airs. I see Torin Martin um, and Ryan Birch, what they're doing. And I go, holy crap. I've never really seen a wave ridden that way before. Torin's stance is slightly askew. He's riding a board I haven't seen. He's drawing lines I haven't seen. There, It's all really founded or grounded in fundamentals because it's bottom turns and linking turns together. But it's brand spanking new. Yeah. And so I don't know. It, it feels progressive in a way. Sure. I mean, even – and this uh, – you can boo me and everyone listening can boo me out of their car. Uh, but the, even when I watch finless stuff now, like yeah. uh, the guy, the way those guys are sliding on the wave, I wonder how much of that could be like uh, brought into like, you know, mainstream surfing of like what they're doing. Like just those spins, I, th- I think is pretty epic. Right. I, I question it too. I just ordered an Elia yeah. from this guy, um, Morningwood surfboards on Oahu. And it's like, my debate with that in my head or finless surfing at large is just like, why do I want to make it harder on myself? Sure. Why do I want to strip away elements that I know benefit my surfing? And I've always asked that question. I've asked it to a bunch of people. And ultimately what they say is it's the fastest I've ever gone on a wave. Yeah. And it taps into these elements that you just simply don't get when you're riding a high performance thruster. And so I want to experience those elements, but ultimately what you'll end up, what I'll end up doing is then trying to incorporate those elements into more functional equipment. But you got to go to these extremes to figure out where the boundary is to tap that and then bring it back, bring design back. All to say though, I think you and I, interestingly enough, maybe are saying the same thing where it feels like progression right now is happening on the wave, not above the wave. I, I think that there's room for it above of the course. wave as well. But to pigeonhole it is just like air shows are the future and the progression. And by the way, he was pulling a quote. Derek pulled a quote from Sophie. Yeah. This isn't an assumption. This is her saying, quote, many say the future of surfing is in the air. And the WSL is thrilled to be working with Josh Kerr to return a fan and surfer favorite into the competitive mix, end quote. So what that does is it highlights, I think, Sophie's misunderstanding of really the nuance of what we're doing. Um, and not only that. And, the, and we might be misunderstanding what she meant by the quote, too. But if I will say this, like the problem is, so the kids who pay the damn $99 are going to be standing there, right? And they're going to be watching the contest and people are going to be throwing down airs in the contest. And then it's going to go to the air show. And, you know, the airs will be a little more tweaked out. I mean, to me, it'll be like the the dunk contest when was the last time an nba dunk contest made you you know stop and look right where it felt like 
Michael Jordan jumping from the uh, free throw line with that iconic dunk. That was it. That was the high water mark of dunks. There's been awesome ones since then. But when you pull it out of the game, like, and that's the problem is everybody just dunks in the game nonstop, right? And so you see these now, okay, we're going to take dunking out of the game and put it here. But I see it all in the game and I see it more dynamically in the game, right? I see a man, one guy dunking over another guy. Uh, I want to see airs as part of this. That's where you get the yes. real, I think, you know, head back hoot is when somebody does something awesome and then sticks this sweet air and then does something awesome too. Yeah. Like, and it's I'm, so true. When somebody dunks in somebody's face yeah. and they had to strip the ball and they had to fight and all that, that is the pinnacle of sport. Precisely. And that's better than, and will always be better or has been better than the dunk contest since you know, people have really taken dunking to the game in a way that they hadn't before. Same, I think the same is true exactly with the air show where uh, like you don't need a separate format. Derek says it perfectly that, or Warshaw, whoever says it perfectly, that airs are now part of surfing. Like, so unless you're going to, unless they're going to throw some weird wedge at it and get the guys like 20 feet in the air, but that would just be bizarre. Like, cause that would be so divorced from, it would be like big air snowboarding, right? Which is, which is fine, but it's not snowboarding. It, it's entirely different. And that's the whole argument with the wave pool is what we really want is spontaneity. So seeing somebody figure out where an air section is on a wave that we didn't see coming and they incorporated it into their repertoire, that is what's exciting. Making it acrobatic, putting it in the pool, stripping all unpredictability away from it really dumbs down and lessens the drama. And then if you know that he's going to do an air on the given section, there's zero drama. I think what they're ultimately additionally going to have to figure out is how do you even define like the judging criteria for surfing as we know it has taken a long time to get here and we still question it, the objectivity of it for airs. They're going to need to define a brand new criteria, which allows for our rotations more valuable than grabs or how do you incorporate these things? How much is height worth? How much is loft work? Is inversion more complicated and difficult than a flat spin? And how do you weight these things on the judging criteria? I mean, to me, they're going to have to bring in snowboarding. The The surf judges won't be able to do it. They'll have to bring in snowboarding and skate or skate judges, probably snowboarding judges, to be honest, and have the like Todd Richards just do the whole thing. Cote right? and Cote Richards. And, I wouldn't... I think Cote is too it is too surf centric. I think you need people really outside. I mean, Todd surfs and rips. You have to have people understand surfing. But I think somebody a little more even removed from surf than Cote. I think Cote has yeah. has uh, made his bread and butter in surf announcing. Right where you and need skate. He, I mean, he does. He totally rips. Yeah. But announcing yeah, too, he sure. announces a lot of stuff. Yeah, okay, great. Cote would be Cote would be fun. I would like somebody one other though, like somebody purely from Snow, right? Who's yeah. who's able to say, okay, I'm seeing this, uh, not because I I see it from a surf centric mind, but because you know this, I'm just seeing this as an air. Because if that's what you're going to do, is make it an air thing, well, then I, you don't need to know surfing. To, see, I think the most important element with all of those airs that are going to happen in surfing is the difficulty of the section on the wave. Yeah. And so that's where you need a surf expert to fully understand that that section was way gnarlier to do it off of than an end section that was just like a ramp. Sure, but if but hit. if the guy hits hits a gnarly, gnarlier section and does a... It's an air show, right? So it shouldn't matter. Like if he does a subpar air off a gnarlier section... I think that needs to get factored into the judging criteria. Sure. I, I mean, think the, difficulty of section is a huge component of this, or it should be. 
If yeah, it's not, they're it won't missing be. the it'll completely. be. It, I guarantee it'll be a pure what happened in the air thing. It'll be doing. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, th- certainly at Surf Ranch, it won't factor in because they built an air, an end section that is a soft ramp that you just aim for and you hit. But when you think about the air that Kelly did at Bell's, let's say against Mick Fan sure. five years ago, like that was a unpredictable, completely unseen section on a closeout that nobody would have anticipated. Or, or those Dane Reynolds airs, right? Where it's these monster closeouts where like, you know, going for the landing, you're putting a knee and ankle uh, in harm's way. That's way more difficult to do. I, I look at it like I'll see Griffin Colapinto nowadays doing airs. There's a section that's pitching at him. Like the wave is already broken and the lip is halfway down and he'll come up and hit that thing, project towards the beach and do a rotation and land. When I'm surfing and I start doing a bottom turn and I look at that lip pitching, I puss out and go, oh shoot. And then readjust down because I'm afraid to hit the thing because my board's going to hit me in the face or my knees are going to hit me in the face. So I back out of that. So when I see them not only hit it, but then project off of it, I know that is a way more difficult section than the end section it lowers is. I totally, I totally agree with you. I just think that they're not going to take that into consideration at all. Well, nor they've got they, Josh Kerr involved. I think it'll be, yeah. And I think Josh is, you know, phenomenal, clearly a phenomenal surfer. It really did, you know, but it's funny. Josh to me was best on the CT. Like I, when he came from I the agree. air show and then, and then brought, brought what he knew and his his aerial surfing on to tour, it was awesome. Like that's where it, that's where it works best. I, and I mean, I, I think it's probably all a, a mute conversation, really, because moot. I, I moot. Sorry, you're right. Because I think it'll all it is. You can mute. Couldn't let too. that one slide. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, because it's all going to go away. I can't imagine they're going to roll air shows out more than a few times. Well, what's interesting is I don't think Josh is competing. Yeah, no, I think he's just the commissioner of yeah. it or whatever, right? So the. Uh, it's going to be what I do like about it is 18 person invitational. Some of them are CT surfers, but it's also van voted fan van, voted van voted. Yeah. <laughs> van fan voted surfers. Um, so included in the invitational are Chippa Wilson, Felipe Toledo, Mikey Wright, and Albie layer thus far. Great. But again, Chippa. So again, how do you define these things as being uh, more valuable than another? Chippa Wilson doing a techie air versus Mikey Wright doing a huge air. Yep. Like how are those things? even comparable that these are all things for them to suss out. What about, what about the longboarding competition though? Are you excited about that? I didn't even see that. Oh, that's day. The, the air shows day one or day two and the longboarding con- contest is the other day, but it's at, like, it's surf ranch at surf ranch, but it's something oh specific. It's like, gosh. it's like a progressive longboard. They call it some it's the worst type of longboarding. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's that. I don't think that's what they meant, uh, but it is some longboarding thing like, a specific longboarding thing. I have no idea. You can go to Beach Grid and find it. Oh, okay. Is Devin Howard uh, involved? He should be if he's he not. He Devin should. Howard. Blah, uh, blah, blah, blah. In addition, you'll get access to the longboard expression session. Hmm. Longboard expression session, which I don't know what a longboard expression session is because... It's a free surf. I don't think it's going to be too... But that's what... It that's, implies a progression. That's one of the nights though. I mean, there's like... Or whatever. They have... A, the air show is one of them. The longboard expression session is another one of them. And then I think the concert is the last one of them. Mm. So it's like a standalone thing, a specific thing that there, it's not like, you know, uh, whatever. Like it's a thing. I just have yeah. no idea what that thing is. It doesn't say who the surfers are. Nope. Interesting. Um, Stephanie Gilmore won Jay Bay last night. Did oh, did she? Any idea? No, I had no idea. 
Was it good? I didn't watch it. That's good. I'm I was glad. asleep. Yeah, I was. I don't watch J-Bay no matter what. I mean, I love it, but... That was so. That was my other issue with the Facebook rollout. It was unfortunate for WSL that the greatest viewing audience is in the U.S. and we were all asleep during this rollout. But, that, but that's what I think. It was a total soft. It was. It tried to be a soft launch that went horribly awry. Where they should have never soft launched in that way. And clearly, hindsight, twenty twenty, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think they probably thought, okay, the, if there's glitches or if there's problems, it's not going to affect our main fan base. Um, and we'll be able to work the problems out and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I guess my issue is they removed the heat analyzer and all ability for me to go back and view what I missed the night before. Yeah. And not all ability, the full, most, um, most of uh, my main viewing, the main way that I normally consume it. So it was unfortunate that like, Hey, your core fans who want to watch now actually can't even get the recap. But, but see, I mean, that's a, I think that's a general problem with the World Surf League is utterly taking the core surf fan for granted, not only taking him for granted or her for granted, but but making it more and more and more difficult for him to access or her to access this thing. And then not only that, uh, being condescending and mocking about, about you know, your core surf fan. Like, everybody, we're just trying to do this to continue to bring you free surfing, right? Which is their rollout, which... Don't condescend me with that. You're not you're not doing anything to bring me free surfing. You're trying to figure out the best way to, uh, you know, get money, which is fine. Um, but don't pretend like you're doing me this big favor by moving it on to Facebook. For sure, I totally agree with you. Facebook is an attempt to see if they can grow the audience enough to uh, guarantee enough ad revenue. If that doesn't work, they'll give it a couple years or a year or whatever. If that, yeah. yeah, if that doesn't work, they'll go straight to a to a um, pay-per-view. pay-per-view model, which everybody understands that. So don't roll around with this bullshit about providing us free surfing. Yeah. Well, the women, um, unfortunately, had a bunch of lay days in a row, and interest always wanes whenever that happens. But they ran the event last night. I saw one wave of Steph surfing um, and it looked good. It looked well overhead and like actual good J-Bay. So they got good waves, but this brings up this conversation that's been going on for the last couple of weeks about the wage gap in women's surfing. The wage gap. It's a serious story, a serious (laughs) issue. Do you feel serious about it? I feel that again, the world world surf league completely shoots themselves in the face when anything like this happens, right? Where, I mean, they were the ones who had the bright idea to, to have the checks like the men's very clearly half as much. I mean, twice as much as the woman's check, both champions standing on stage in the day and age of Me Too and, you know, everything that's happening right now. So how tone deaf do you have to be as an organization to, to you know, how to do things like that? And then the way they respond to it is in this super convoluted, well, you know, it's, it is the same. It's just the woman is like a picture is worth a thousand words. You have a picture there with the man earning twice as much as a woman. Right. Like, and however you want to address that behind the scenes is fine. You know, whatever you want to pay the man, whatever you want to pay the woman. But like to, to do all these real gymnastics, just talk about how it's, it is, it's equal. It's just, there's less women, right? To me is like, come on. Yeah, and by the way, that's only on the QS. That photo came from the QS. Sure. On the CT, I think two years ago, they transitioned it to equal pay. I guess my thought is, how much of the WSL's 
budget every year is allocated towards prize money? Is it a, the significant amount of their budget? Is a minimal amount of the budget? I would argue it's probably minimal. Yeah. And if it is negligible, then just make it equal because it's better for optics. I mean, that's pro- pro- exactly what I'm saying. Is we, what is the what does the man earn? Is it thirty thousand bucks for a win? Uh, no, it's a hundred thousand. I think at this point, really, it has like a CT event. Yeah, CT event. It hasn't changed for years and years and years. I know that. Like it's been the prize money has been the same forever, and the prize money is not where these guys get their vast majority of, or the girls for that matter either. Probably get the majority of their yearly, you know, income is not from winnings. No, it's from uh, sponsorship. Yeah. So especially on the QS level, the numbers are so small there that again, just for optics, make it equal. A hundred percent. It doesn't make sense. Uh, did you know what the, it was like 8,000 Rand for the dude, which I think is 800 bucks. And the, <laughs> it was 4,000 Rand for the girl, which was, I, th- I think it's like 400 bucks. That's crazy. Uh, or 300. Yeah. It's so minimal. And so again, like to, to know that, okay, this is our current political climate, yeah, yeah, our yeah. current social climate, to, to not be have somebody in the office not be aware that I'm writing twice a big a number on the giant men's check than I am on the women's winner check. Yeah. I guess, how do you feel about the fact that the numbers are different? Aside from, you know, how they run their business, just um, the reality is the women get less viewership. You can define those numbers. That That's just statistically sure. true. Um there's, I suppose, Derek made an interesting argument of like, guys go to bars to watch sports and those guys want to watch the top level performers. So the guys who are buying the jerseys, who are going to the uh, bar and buying the nachos and the beer, all the things that prop up the revenues for the sports want to watch the men football players, not the women football players. But see, but that's where I think though, uh, Derek is wrong in his analysis because surfing is not football. Surfing is closer to tennis or ice skating where the women's tennis tour and you know, women's ice skating or women's gymnastics. Like it's, that's what surfing is. Surfing is not a, a manly tough guy sport. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's this other thing. I don't know what it is, but it's way closer to, I think women's ice skate or to ice skating than it is to football. Yeah. Uh, there's judges, there's, you know, it's a, this dance kind of thing. So there's no reason that, uh, you know, I, I've been to sports bars before during the Olympics where women's ice skating was, you know, on all the big screens. And that's what everybody was watching. Um, where the World Surf League, I think, has just done a horrible job of why why you should be or I should be compelled to watch it. They've done an awful job at, at rolling out stories. They've done a terrible job of putting the women into good surf. And they've done a horrible job of uh, promoting it in a way that is, you know, m- makes me care. Like, so I will I will lay blame entirely. That's where, and I, I will completely disagree with Derek on this one too. It's not football. It's not baseball. Well, if um, does the WSL have any, I, I don't know, a moral obligation or responsibility to pay um, genders equal amounts? Yes. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I think that... Even though viewership, even though ad revenue dollars are based on viewership and this given heat is making uh, generating less revenue than that given it's, heat. But it's just too fraught with, there's too many variables, right? Like how much do you promote the men's stuff versus the women's stuff? How, right. Like... It's just so to look at the end result numbers is unfair because the WSL has, you know, whatever millions of dollars of budget going to the men's side. What's the budget to promote the women's side? It's probably, you know, tens, maybe a hundred thousand dollars, right? So 
you're not going after viewers. You're not trying to get viewers. And then when there's when there's not as many viewers, you know. So again, I think it's an I think it's an unfair unfair uh, comparison. There's a lot of systemic things at play that you have to really unravel. Sure, and I and I do think at the end, uh, the WSL like they like to do is shooting themselves just by not promoting not promoting women's surf- surfing smarter. Like I think you would have a potential growth in that for young girls or stuff, you know, and I mean, coming yeah. in and watching this stuff that you don't have necessarily on the, the men's side seems like it's fairly tapped. I mean, you know who your audience is, you know, who your core audience is. Of course, you're going to try to go get the whoever audience, but I think women, the women's side is more or less an entirely untapped market. The people who watch it right now are fans of men surfing who are also watching women surfing and probably very few fans of women surfing. So why not build the women's surfing fan base? Right. Like, and there's no reason, there's not only no reason not to do it, there's plenty of precedent of women's sports that are equal to, if not more popular than the male counterpart. And I, again, stinking Sophie should know this better than anybody. She came from women's te- the women's tennis, right? Right. Where and when you have stars like Serena Williams and uh, you know Sharapova and all these all these female stars, people tune in to watch because and it, for sure they're women, right? The velocity is not as high on the ball. The shots aren't as hard, but it is a spectacular game to watch. I think equal women's tennis is equal to men's tennis in terms of uh enjoyability and i wouldn't be surprised if they roughly had the same revenues um there's zero reason that women surfing can't be women's tennis the interesting thing is i think women are much more rabid consumers of products and goods than men are women do more shopping than men do so if you're going to look at it the same way that we've looked at selling things to men surf like sponsors who then benefit from men watching and buying women will buy more product women will buy more product they'll support more so there's a lot of potential there um by the way stephanie finaled against lakey peterson mm. and they were in the one and two they've been vying back one and two and they've been winning multiple events each this year so this is the most compelling world title race that we've had on the women's side in quite some time. Well, I mean, the world title race, I think, right now is more compelling than, by far, more compelling than the men's. The men, though, have like five or six guys battling it out. Yeah. Nobody's like a, a lead. This is like a two-horse. Sure, but I mean, I think that, and I, and I guess that's what I always just think is compelling in sport. When you have a, when yeah. you have a two-horse race, yeah. you know, that's, when you have everybody kind of lumped up at the top, a bunch of Brazilians up there, it's like, yeah. Chaz calls women horses. Today's, <laughs> by the way, I said it first, and I like as the word horses was coming out, I like lowered the volume. That's the title for this. That's really good. This, uh, uh, by the way, our spy sunglass happy giveaway comes from this segment of the show: women's surfing. Yes, it was on uh, Beach Grits um, article. I think about that, about the women getting half pay in that okay. event. It's from a guy named Adam. Adam, if you're listening, to collect on this, you need to email me, hello at surfsplendorpodcast.com or even chaz oh. at beachgrit.com. You can do it. And um, here's the way this works. Spyoptic.com, Spy Sunglasses, makes a happy lens that lets the good light in and it blocks the bad light out and it elevates your mood. It's all based on studies of seasonal affective disorder. Places like Seattle, people get bummed out because there's not enough sunlight. Well, 
They treat them with this, I think, long wave blue light that elevates people's moods. So Spy has this happy lens, lets the good light in, keeps the bad light out. The grumpiest comment that we see throughout the course of the two weeks, we find it and we give that person a pair of sunglasses. Fantastic. So fantastic. Adam, Adam, you get to go on spyoptic.com, pick a pair. We will send them to you for free. Do you want to hear what Adam said? I do, I'm so excited. He says, the WSL needs to grow some balls and tell it like it is. The women get less because for the most part, they surf like shit. No one but their moms and dads are interested in watching. On the CT, no matter how much people want to wank on and report the girls are ripping, the fact is five of them are worth watching. The rest barely surf better than the under 12 boys. No one cares. No one watches. They are lucky, lucky to get paid at all. (laughs) just give them participation trophies and F them off away from the men's events. They ruin the contest. Wow. That is a grouchy comment. Adam, you Adam really went above and beyond on that one. James Bickerton wrote, Adam, are you still angry with Eve about all (laughs) after all these years? Let it go. That's a good one. That's a good one right there too. I feel like Adam or James Bickerton deserves something for that. Yeah. Adam, the perfect retort. Bring yeah, in the heat. That dude. is that is hot, hot, hot. My favorite comment that I, I liked it so much that I even remembered it was from Wincy this past week. Wincy, which is no, it's not a grumpy one, but uh, it was about the ticket price at the Surf Ranch. Okay, and Wincy said uh, the dystopia is here, and I can't even afford it. Which, <laughs> which I thought was just brilliant. That is solid. Yeah, that is really solid. All right. Well, thank you, spyoptic.com, for sponsoring the show and uh, giving out free sunglasses to help elevate people's mood. Uh, I need my it's mood a noble elevated. cause, dude. I need, Totally. I need, you do need yours elevated yeah. after the whole Instagram debacle. So we have Barrel or Not to close out the show, but I do want to get into your current Instagram account is Surf Journalist. Surf Journalist. Which is tongue-in-cheek, I, I imagine. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I was just... Is there such a thing? As tongue in cheek? No, as a surf journalist. Oh, of course, no, no. But you know, in the in cocaine and surfing, I make a big deal about how that's what I am, and maybe that's why I'm depressed or feel like a failure too. It's just, I mean, that's the damn thing about that damn book. I'll tell you not to yammer on and on about it, but the uh, like, I really had a midlife crisis, kind of, while writing it, or just a crisis of probably that many people have, I guess. Like, wow, how did I end up here in my life doing this? Um, and yeah, maybe I'm still working through some of that too of like, I mean, oddly, when I, I remember when, because you write a book and then it goes to the publisher and, you know, I think it was by the time I finished writing Cooking and Surfing and by the time it came out, it was probably a year and a half um, because it goes and gets edited and da 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 uh, And I remember when Welcome to Paradise came back or when finally got published, I read it. And thought, ooh, you know, some of the, like, it's more or less, I felt it was more or less fine, but there were some things that were really, like, that's not the way I was feeling anymore, or I was really, you know, I had changed my opinion in the year and a half or whatever since it, you know, between writing and it coming out. This dang cocaine and surfing is like word for word still how I feel. So somehow either I slowed down or, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. the, The the crises that I was working through a year and a half ago are apparently the crises I'm still working through today. Well, I hate to sound super cheesy, but your um, malaise might be related to the fact that you haven't surfed since November. Could be. Could be. I haven't. But I've, I went swimming in the ocean the other day. How was that? It felt good until I got out and went home and my arm just ached so badly. Did it really? Yeah. Hmm. I'll try again. Bummer. Um, 
Well, your new Instagram account, do you want to tell people what your motive is there? It's I don't very know. different than yeah. <laughs> reports from hell. I didn't, I didn't know like what it was, frankly, like I felt, okay, I can't just jump back in and do what I was doing. Right. Like that thing is dead now. Uh, or, you know, maybe Instagram will let it out of Instagram jail at some point, but ostensibly it's dead. So I'm not just going to go do silly meme things anymore. Uh, so I don't know what I'm doing. Like that's the real, well, what honest- you're doing is you're writing words with a stylus. It looks like a stylus. It's my finger. Okay. Yeah. So you're scratching words onto the screen of your phone and it'll just be like, WSL is mad at me or something. Yeah. And then you post it, but you'll post the same thing five times in so a row. So you want to know why I do that? Watch. I'll show you right now. Because it's funny? It is funny, but it's mostly... I got into thinking about the feed as a as a thing instead of the individual post. So if you go look at the feed, like the messages read this way. So you read them across. They're all in three, right? Yeah. So dear friends, uh, I'm sorry. I have no... There are no videos of penis pong. Insta is fascist. So that's one thought right here. So it's thoughts in three. Since they're giving me three to play with, it's all just three all the way across. So yeah. you, you kind of have to go into the feed into your account and into look at the my tiles. feed yeah into the into my proper right. profile in order for it to make sense if you don't do that it wouldn't make any sense i don't think well the other problem is that the algorithm now displays things totally. out of chronological sure. order so so you'll post this sentence but i'll get the end of the sentence first and the beginning shows up later in the day which is so like part of this is just you know thumbing my nose at instagram of yeah. course which is you want to you want to play algorithm I, I won't care. I'm just going to go and make people go to my profile. So yeah, that's, I guess that's what I'm doing. It's funny. It's funny, but it is like disturbing. A, a, uh, no, it's a, I'm wondering if I'm getting a peek into your psyche. And then when I, what I see in that psyche is dark. Oh, maybe so. Not, not dark in terms of like, you're going to like kick or kick a cat or something, kick, but like kick a dog. Yeah. Dark <laughs> in the, dark in the sense of like, oh shoot. This is a mental a crumbling of a mental state. It could be. I mean, it it for sure is. It for sure is way more honest than you know. It's probably more honest than anything else it I've feels done in a while. Honest. Yeah. Have you talked to Cersei about it? No. Oh, she hasn't picked up any clues yet uh, about my crumbling yeah. state. She probably she's probably sensing something. Hmm. Yeah. She maybe doesn't want to push me over the edge, hmm. over the dark abyss. All right, man. Fans are concerned. Yeah, they, they should maybe Fans should be. Here's my other question. You've been drawing penises. Um, you know Joel Tudor has that cornered, right? Oh, the yeah. Every, everybody does. Yeah, I wasn't going to do penis thing moving forward okay. very much longer. I was just, yeah, I did some boobs on there too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, no, boob, no, penises are going away pretty soon. It was well, j- Joel, he likes to draw. And yeah, I just feel like in the surf world, that's Joel's. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm not making. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, was just a, that was just a start. Just because your thing was doing like the video memes, and I didn't want you to think that your new account, this could be your thing. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Yeah. Glad we got that cleared up. Yeah. All right, Barrel or Not, Chaz. Last week, we celebrated um, 4th of July. Fireworks, barrel or not? So barrel. It's growing up in grow, wow. growing up in Oregon. I was so confused about how Californians like. To me, Fourth of July was a genuine holiday because you got to shoot off all your fireworks, right? I got to go to Buy Mart and get a basket full of whatever fireworks they were selling, and it was all like going firework shopping was like it was like almost a version of Christmas. It felt like Fourth mm. of July as a kid for me would have been Christmas would have been one, Fourth of July would have definitely been two. Wow. And so 
Fireworks make the 4th of July, as far as I'm concerned, a holiday. Without fireworks, I don't give two shits about the 4th of July, I'll be honest. Wow. Do you? So, um, I care more about 4th of July than I do fireworks. Oh, yeah, not If me. I never saw a firework for the rest of my life, that'd be fine. I mean, the big kind they shoot up above, you know, the Disneyland style, that's great, too. But I don't even care. Yeah, I mean, I understand how that could get boring, but shooting fireworks yourself is what I'm talking about. Like, you lighting fireworks is... And I haven't done it in so long, so maybe it's lost its charm. Are you guys allowed to in San... In or- no, that's what I'm saying. Oh. It, one, ever since I moved to California, I've sm- more or less stopped oh. shooting fireworks. But growing up in Oregon, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was it, right? It was sh- fireworks shopping. It was thinking about what you were going to get. It was like honestly getting your fireworks a week or whatever, two weeks ahead of time, lining them up, you know, for me and looking at it, reading what they were going to do, like being so excited about about just the ammunition. Yeah. The it's diff- Each city is different, by the way. So it's not as if nobody can do fireworks. Sure, but it, California is generally, I think, pretty... It's banned through most of California, or much of California. It's city by city. Is it? Like, I'm not allowed to in Huntington Beach, but the neighboring city inland is. So, oh, you like, can? you can go over to your neighbor's house over there. But it's it. but it's real limited, also, the kind you can buy in California. Yes, I think you can true. buy, like, sparklers and stuff. That's you, the problem, is yeah. even the ones that they sell suck. Yeah, totally. Like, no, you can Oregon go down was, to Baja and get good ones. Yeah, in Oregon, it was mostly... They didn't have M80s and stuff, but aside from that, it was mostly a free-for-all. So did you watch the fireworks this year? No. I didn't see one firework. Me neither. Yeah. And I didn't miss it. No. I'm like, I'm over it. And I, I'm also shocked by the people who are enamored. Who go like, out of their way to full go. Full grown adults yeah. going outside and they're just like, ooh, yeah. ah, ooh. And I'm like, well, I've seen this a million times in my life and yeah. it's just colors, you know? Yeah, it's great. But I'm also. Over it. I'm also just um, Do you feel a un- dick. Are you unpatriotic? Did this. <sighs> Did this? I think I'm patriotic. Did the season of political turmoil like set you off? Um, no. Did you not want to? I celebrate don't feel America? any of that. Yeah. That's another thing. I'm kind of incensed by people being so enraged about the way things are going politically. Like, shut up. Like, I, I get it. It's disturbing. These certain elements. Shut up. Who cares, dude? It's not a personal affront. You know, just as much as people who are pro Trump. I hate super anti-Trump. Oh yeah, that's super annoying to me. Um, so I'm I'm somewhere in the middle. Like I am patriotic, but I don't need to. I don't have a flag hanging out in front of my front door or on my car or anything like that. But I also don't need to celebrate Fourth of July. I don't need to look at the fireworks. But I'm proud to be an American, and I want to support America. I want to support local. I want to stimulate the economy. I want them to fix my potholes. I want you know what I mean. Sure, like sure. I'm very practical. I'm afraid. It's not very sexy or romantic. I'm just so pragmatic. Yeah. It's kind of depressing. Uh-huh. Um, all right, so you're going barrel on fireworks? But way barrel. I'm going nah. Uh, Instagram models. Oh, I'm going to just go nah on anything Instagram from here on out. Uh, like so this pe- was pe- relevant for two reasons. People who are famous because of Instagram? Chicks who post exclusively booty shots and like booby shots, and they make a better living than you and I sure. doing it. Yeah. Uh, I guess barrel. I mean, I think there. One thing that I will is my personal uh, experience in the moment right now with social media aside. I think social media has done a good job of kind of democratizing uh, the way forward for people, right? And so, some girl with a good booty can go get money for her good booty now without going to a modeling agency or jumping through the hoops. Which I guess that's fine. I mean, though, you know, now I've talked myself out of it because I do like. I will never, ever, ever self-publish a book because if no publisher wants to publish my work, then it wasn't worth writing. 
and so the same maybe goes for but i guess if a girl is getting paid then that's the same thing as you know going through an agent modeling agency or something like that does, she's, as a father raising girls does it concern you no because uh people objectifying themselves women objectifying or, or, themselves for money? certainly that but also that um the biggest kind of celebrities in their world might be these Instagram. Kylie models. Kylie Jenner is gonna have gonna be the first self made billionaire. Yep. Uh, She's a hundred million dollars away. She's at nine hundred mil. Yep. And it's based on her beauty care empire. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just a different time, I suppose. Like that's just that's the world they grew up in. We grew up in a different world. Our folks grew up in a different world. And you know, for our kids' kids, if if there's ever if the world's still going, then I'm sure it'll be something totally other, right? Where fighting against those kinds of tides to me is, is that's like, yeah, um, fighting, fighting the massive tide seems silly to me. Yeah. I guess it's just, um, you're right. You can't fight it. You can't force your kids to not use Instagram, not to follow certain accounts. But I will, you know, I will know. I mean, I never once except for right now and right here mention the name Kylie Jenner. Like she doesn't interest me. What she's doing doesn't interest me. I don't follow anything about her. I don't follow her friends. I don't follow that world. I'm not there. That's not where I spend my time. And so it's easy maybe for me just to ignore it. Yeah. um, And assume that, you know, when like the, the films and stuff I show my daughter, you know, like every night I'll try to pick something fun, but that's, that I really liked as a kid kind of. So, you know, like Princess Bride or these kinds of stuff. So hoping, hoping that, not that, not that I'm, you know, pumping deep material into her brain, but, you know, it's at least it's something that's not Kylie Jenner's duck lips. Right. All right, so Instagram models, barrel or not? You know, I really talked myself into a circle. I'm going to still say barrel. <laughs> okay, because this was relevant because not only your Instagram quandary, but also the women's, you know, looking at that half pay thing and surfing and how they're treated in surfing, this is a completely objectified career path for these women. So much so that I think there'll be additional, or there already are additional women getting butt implants just to pursue this career path, you know? I can't, so I it's did, all interesting. It's crazy to me that the, that men, I, I imagine, have the appetite to sit and scroll through but that many butt shots and not, and not just become wallpaper. Dude, Look at the comments that the men leave on their accounts. They're even more insane. Just like, what, I want just, that? Yeah, super creepy, just weird, bizarre. Yeah, strange. Um, I'm going to say no then, I guess. I'm going to say no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, okay, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Uh, barrel or not, nah, colored surf wax. Oh, uh, I'm going to say nah on this. Um, I think it's conceptually in a bar. It looks awesome. I've never seen a board that had colored wax on it where it looked good. It always looks either dirty or uh, misconstrued. It just doesn't look right. It's either the ones that I can envision right now are bright pink or bright blue. Exactly. Bright pink is what I was thinking in my mind when I was thinking. It looks terrible. And the problem is if somebody, I guess, was riding an all white board, literally no logo, no other color, like white fins, white board, maybe pink or blue wax would look good on there just as the as the counter but everybody's board has some color in it somewhere there's always a sticker there's a logo yeah. there's some some color on there where to me it wrecks the it wrecks the colored wax wax aesthetic even that example you gave i think still looks terrible i mean i could see how that would work if you had a brand new that board would have to be brand new too a brand new sparkling white board no logo no sticker no uh, no spray no color at all that was waxed brand new 
waxed with uh, like really tight, a good wax job too, not a random, but a really good pink wax job. You'd think, oh, that guy's doing it. I don't think so. Black tail pad. You could have a black tail pad. Here's what's weird. I don't think I've ever seen like a proper pro using colored wax. I've only seen Barney's doing it. That's, oh, that's, like, it's, it's going back to the original barrel and all right here. It kook or current or kook, kook or current but I'm there's sorry, no yeah. there's no currents doing it yeah there's only kook ah uh, i bet tom curran uses colored wax never you seen it think? i've never seen like so it would have to be a published photo of somebody doing like it has to be a sick enough turn or whatever to be published and i can't envision ever seeing one that's your you have a point so you, you have a point colored surf wax i'm going way nah on this i don't see the point in it i'm going nah okay but I'm, I'm saying i'm leaving the caveat open for a brand new whiteboard with no logo. What about, I, I was wondering, like, Surf Wax does have a color. Like, I use sticky bumps, and it's slightly blue. blue. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be interesting, but transparent that's the, but Surf I, Wax. But I feel cool. that the slightly blue, that's the color of sticky bumps, right? It is, yeah. That's like, not, it's not a color. Yeah, that's, that is neutral, basically. Yeah, that is sticky bumps color. All right, final category, uh, special for today, Friday the 13th, barrel or nah? Just Friday the 13th as a concept. Like oh. It's a scary date. We're supposed to either revere it or fear it or release scary movies on that date. Do you, you know, care about Friday the yeah, 13th? Yeah, I kind of like it when it comes around. It always catches me by surprise. Like somebody will say, oh, it's Friday the 13th. And I never knew ahead of them telling me. Right. Um, but then I'm all like, it makes me more intrigued, right? I'm like, oh, cool. Like it's, it, to me, it feels like another thing, like in the, the myriad things to think of in the day. Like that's just another kind of, oh, fun. It's Friday like a 13th. little mini holiday. Yeah, sure. It, it is. feels like it. Yeah. Uh, it's an extra reason to drink tonight. Oh, for sure. There's always, those are good. By the way, um, last week I saw a new film that's out, Hereditary. Okay. Have you seen it? No. Are you familiar with it? Mm-mm. Scariest movie I've seen in a decade or two. You saw it? Yes, in the theater. Is it about jeans? No. Like your jeans, G-E-N-E-S? Wow. Uh maybe okay i do not want to spoil the plot i'm gonna go see hereditary before our next podcast tony collette and gabriel byrne are the leads husband and wife it is freaking horrifying like were you you were scared in the theater legitimately scared like horrified i can't for days like you were you were thinking horrifying thoughts two days later i was still disturbed what was the is it the most disturbing movie you've ever watched potentially Okay. When you're a kid, things affect you differently, so it's hard to compare that to Poltergeist. Yeah. But this is super well-executed horror film. Okay. Just period. And I don't want to tell you anything about it. I don't want you to watch a trailer for it. Should I not read go. about it? I should just go. I'll Do buy my ticket. Do not read anything. Should I take? Should I take my five-year-old? No. You sure? Absolutely sure. Would it would it wreck her? Um. Yes. She likes it'll scary alter, movies. It'll alter her life course. Oh, now I'm tempted. One thing I will tell you. First act is slow. Okay. 30 minute mark, there's an inciting incident, and then it goes off the deep end, and it starts going dark, and you're like, how can they wrap? This is going real dark. I don't know how they can wrap this up. They freaking kick the... They throw a Hail Mary and absolutely go there. Like, they take it to the most extreme logical conclusion to where you're sitting in the theater, wide-eyed, plastered against your seat going, oh my God. Should I uh, even watch it in my delicate mental state? Will it, will it help me? It's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> it might be the final straw. 
Okay. But it's 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 compelling art. It's great cinema. It's compelling I mean, art. Tony Collette and Gabriel Byrne are are actors. They're not Tony Collette. This is Oscar winning. Yeah, like this is crazy good. So ultimately, I think that um, it won't break you. I think it'll inspire you because it's such compelling cinema. It might be exactly what I need. To it be will honest. be. Okay. You'll get out of it and you'll be inspired. Okay. Good. So. I'm excited. Yeah. All right. So hereditary. All right. Friday the 13th. We're both going barrel on that. Follow Chaz at Surf Journalist. Surf Journalist now. Yeah. Maybe reports from hell will come back. Though, if it does come back, I don't know that I have the energy anymore or that I don't know that the spark is there. You know, mm. like I feel like it was it was a thing and maybe the thing is dead. So I don't know. Okay. Well, um, I was at the sticker shop on my way here and he pitched an idea for a reports from hell rest in peace sticker. Oh, can we do it? Fantastic. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. He mocked up some art, but he's not an artist. He's a printer. So listener, we need listener submitted artwork for a reports from hell sticker. His concept was a tombstone. I'm like, that's not bad. What about a cigarette being ashed out? Maybe that's on the tombstone. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a version of Chaz's neck tattoo. Some You can incorporate that into the artwork. We'll leave it to listeners. Reports from hell. Rest in peace. I'll fund it. I'll print all the stickers, and I'll ship them to you wherever you are in the world. I'm pretty excited about this. Yeah. This is good. All right. So send that to on Instagram. Just tag us on Instagram, at Surf Splendor or at Surf Journalist. DM them to us, and then you can find Chaz uh, through email, chaz at beachgrid.com. And I'm at hello at surfsplendorpodcast.com. Thank you, spyoptic.com. Use our promo code podcast if you ever buy anything on there. And that directly supports this show. So thanks for that. Thank you very much. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next time, Chaz, stay barrel. <laughs>